everybody, and welcome back into Talk Off. It is Tuesday, May 2nd. It is May 2nd. We are in May, one month into the baseball season, and it's it's going great. There's way too many good teams. I hate the Rays. There's a lot of bad teams. And uh, Daz, how are you feeling today? Uh, a lot of a lot of mixed emotions today. The uh, the Mets ripped my heart out of my chest probably three to four times this afternoon. Um, and now they are probably closing in on a win, but I say probably because this is the Mets and one swing of the bat can flip the whole script. So yeah, doubleheader against the Braves, not, not off to the firing start that I'm used to with this team in doubleheaders. Cause I don't know if many people know this, but the Mets actually are pretty fucking good when we have to play doubleheaders, but today that's not the case. Uh, shitty, shitty start to this series Friday night on the East Coast. I'm sure if you're listening to this on the East Coast, everyone knows the the rain and the weather this weekend was awful. So Mets Saturday and Sunday games both canceled. Friday night's game cut short. So it's just a, a mountain of dog shit has just piled onto the, the last four or five days as a Met fan, but I don't know. I'm 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 still holding the optimism, Zach, because we always start off hot as the Mets and end end in a flame of shit. But maybe if we start in a flame of shit, maybe we'll end hot. That's what I'm talking about. Now you're putting on your positivity hat. You're taking a page out of my book. Put on that positivity hat. That's what I'm talking about. Because it's very true. The Mets are quite notorious for making it to the all-star break and looking phenomenal and then shitting the fucking break. Right, and what if we flip it's the just, script? We call it a classic Mets. So you never know. If they start out shitty, maybe come all-star break, they're third in the NL East maybe, and then they just fucking turn it on oh. and then see ya and, World and, Series. And this, this, this afternoon's game, the first game of this, this doubleheader, was the definition of LOL Mets. Go down 3-0 early on, start chipping away a little bit, go down 6-1, continue to chip away, make it an interesting game, and then give up a three-run homer in the later innings to make it 9-7 Braves, and then Eduardo Escobar hits a homer in the, in the top of the, or the bottom of the ninth, excuse me. Make it nine eight, just a very useless home run, and then ultimately, uh, Brett Beatty barrels up a ball right into Acuna's mitt. So it's it was this afternoon was the definition of LOL Mets. Just continually try to get back into the game and come up short every time. Yeah, and a game like they're playing right now, four three in the eighth inning is this is a game when you miss Edwin Diaz because that's when you would feel safe and be like, don't worry. It's all right. If we have a lead going to the ninth, we got Diaz. But not having that insane closer to just lock up every single one-run game is killer. Did you see um, Steve Cohen was asked about the possibility of adding a roof? I saw that, but I think it's stupid. Yeah, so it's it's not going to happen. But Steve Cohen, allegedly the press, the press asked him after – the rainouts essentially all weekend. Uh, like, have you ever thought about adding a retractable roof to the stadium? He said he looked into it 
when he purchased the team. If the Mets, if the Wilpons had done it when they built the stadium, it would have added like a hundred million dollars onto the total uh, building cost. Now it would be almost a billion dollars to add a retractable roof. So it's not going to stupid. It's yeah. It's, it's way too much money. Plus where would they play? Also, it would like that takes a while. Yeah. And also like a a retractable roof stadium in in New York city. I think fans would just view that as like kind of gimmicky. Yeah. And it's just like, you don't need it. It's just flashing money for no reason. It's it the, what five rainouts that they have a year. Like you just make the fucking games up. It's baseball. Like just figure it out. It's not that big of a deal. Honestly, rainouts don't happen that like, Obviously, this rain this weekend was insane on the East Coast, and the Red Sox had problems too. But they, I don't know how they were able to play some of those days, especially yesterday, but they did. And the Mets weren't able to play. And I don't think that a retractable roof is like, like yeah, let's just throw a billion dollars at it. Who fucking cares? It's rain. It'll happen. It barely happens. Whatever. Not to mention, like, once you have the roof, and I've always made this argument with people when they talk about Miami, Miami, I, I I heard this like a month ago in the past two seasons. I think they think they've only had the roof open five times. I know a lot of that is due to humidity, but when you yeah. have a, the option of a roof, a lot of these teams just throw the roof on anyway, just to drown out all that humidity. Yeah. Because the, the, I understand the roof. Like I, I get it in, but in specific places, like in New York, yes, it's humid, but it's not like fucking, it's not Las Vegas no, hot. Miami, or it's not Miami, Miami humid or, or Arizona. You need one. Arizona. Exactly. It's not like that. So I just think it'd be, it would look so out of place and it would just be like, yeah, I'm just throwing money because I can. No, totally agree. Totally agree. Zach, the Mexico city games. I didn't catch much of these. But I did see the over-under on both of these games. Astronomical over-unders for both of these games. Insane. Insane. I think the game, it was the game after the 10 home run. They had one game where they hit 10 home runs. And then the game after, the over-under was set at 20 and a half. They didn't come close to it. I believe it was, it ended up being like 6-5 or something like that, 6-3. But... 20 and a half was the over under. And that's because Mexico city has a higher elevation than Colorado. So the Rockies with all, everybody talks about the Rockies and, and how balls are going to fly there all the time. Coors field balls are going to fly because of the elevation Mexico city is like another 2000 feet. I think above that. So I think they should play more fucking games there. I want more games in Mexico City, more home runs. I want to. I want to see a game, game end twenty to twenty five. I think it'd be hilarious. Is there a London game again this year? I think so. I I think there always is now. Is there? I know, like obviously with the COVID, um, that threw it off. Let me see. Oh yeah, Cardinals Cubs June twenty four and twenty five. I was gonna say I like you know I I like really like the oh uh, Jake is doing a home run Mets oh yes sir oh McNeil got a hold of one there you go there we go that'll cheer you up makes me happy I think that but I I think they should do more like the World Tour games I think they're awesome like when they go to London Mexico City even like when they do. Like the special games, like the Little League World Series game or the um, 
Field of Dreams game, stuff like that. It's just stuff like that to keep people interested. It's something else to look at than the same boring old stadium with the same teams, 162 fucking games a year. Like it keeps it more interesting. It gets more people involved into the game, especially outside the country. I I love these games. I think that because there's so much hype around them too, because they're traveling far distances, they're going to a different country. It's it's way more fun. I think they should go play one in Japan. Yeah, I don't see why they shouldn't. I know they did. It's just a long road trip. I know they did an Australian game before like the 2013 or 14 season, but those were exhibition games. And they do do the – I said (laughs) do-do. Jake liked that one. (laughs) Jake, yeah. They did a Japan game a few years back, pre-COVID, I think. Definitely pre-COVID. Really? Yeah, but it was it it was exhibition again. They're always exhibition, which is such a such a shame. Yeah, I just think they're so fun. But I, I mean, I so get many- I get why it's hard to schedule those games in because with such a tight schedule, honestly, July they should schedule those right around the All Star break. You know what I mean? I agree. If they like extend the like. I guess not extend the All Star break, but if the, like your last series before the All Star break, so like two teams they they do go like Japan or whatever, and then you don't have to worry about getting back. So that's like a perfect time to do it. That's the the problem is like you can't fly there and fly back in quick. Like these guys play every fucking day; they rarely have days off. So you can't fly all the way there, fly all the way back, all easily in one day. So. Right. I think if they do it, it like near the All Star break, that would be sick, and it wouldn't interfere with anything. You just maybe extend the All Star break by like a day. Yeah, I, but it, it's, I don't see why I'm in. Yeah, no, hundred percent. That would be that would be great. I wish they did. I don't know. I wish Major League Baseball did more to promote these because these games kind of just like spring up on you. Like they just kind of you're like, oh, there's a game in Mexico this week. Yeah, that's literally exactly what I did. They, they don't really advertise it or make it well known enough to the average viewer. I feel like that's everything in MLB, though. Like it's nothing. It doesn't get right. In- you know why? You know why? It, it's it's. I think it's mainstream media. Like you turn on Sports Center, like First Take, all those fucking ESPN shows. They are never talking about baseball. They're never talking no. about the MLB ever. And if because they are, nobody, if they, they are, don't give a shit. If it, if they are, it's a very like macro issue in baseball. Like they'll they'll talk about how Cohen's signing everyone for hundreds of millions of dollars, or they'll talk about you know the very pressing issues in the game. Not something that I don't know. In my opinion, needs to be advertised more because it's a cool part of the game that's just left kind of out there. If that makes any sense. No, I agree with you. I just think like it's bizarre how often you turn on any sort of sports media outlet. And like you turn on ESPN, you turn on fucking Sports Center. They just don't. They're not talking about the MLB. People are not talking about Major League Baseball in the same light that they talk about the NBA or the NFL. Like you can turn on ESPN any day 
of any week of any month of the year and you will hear them talk about football yeah so like let's say like right now we're about seven weeks out from the london games cubs cardinals it's it's a i would say i mean cardinals aren't amazing cubs are a fun interesting team it's it's a very average series but the thing is is like the nfl will gas the jaguars or the texans going to london and you'll hear about that for a month before and i know it's not comparing apples to apples the nfl is just a different it's a different beast in its in itself but baseball internally should be looking to get the word out more about these games because i don't know the, the not i mean not me personally in my own financial state but like there, I bet you if you really advertised and pushed these things and made it something that a viewer wants to go watch, you'd probably have some pretty big diehard fans make the trip to London or Mexico City uh, separate from fans of the two teams that are playing just to go experience baseball in a different country, a major league game in a different country, that is. A hundred percent. And I, I think it's something the MLB really has never worked towards getting better at is kind of marketing their league and marketing their players. I feel like you just don't see the MLB really shove things down your throat like other thing like other leagues and it, when they do, they do it in the wrong way like how I, we hate that they fucking just keep posting Otani over and over again. They just they don't market the league, I don't think. I think they market specific players maybe better than other leagues might, but I don't really think they market the league as a whole. And it's not like a, Hey, come watch this game today. Mm. And even like, like Sunday night baseball, they have Sunday night baseball on ESPN every single week. That's a nationally televised game every single week. And I don't even think they advertise that enough unless you literally watch ESPN for 24 hours a day. So I just think the MLB can do a way better job at promoting the league in general and these crazy games like going to London and going to Japan and Mexico. Like the Mexico City game was if you like I know you you might not have watched it. I watched um a little bit of that last game. The environment there was incredible. People were getting excited, they were getting rowdy, and even the players seemed to be excited to be there. They were pulling out the sombreros, the Padres wore their City Connect uniforms. They were looking good in Mexico. Like I think the players like when they go on these trips. I think the fans when they go there, like Mexico City really showed out and there was a lot of fans there and it was an exciting game. So I think they just need to keep doing this and market it better so more and more people want to go and more and more people want to get involved in yeah, these games. Yeah, no, I totally agree. It's uh, something baseball lacks and they need to definitely step up for the um, for the foreseeable future just to really maintain the game growing because i would say the game is on a better path than it was a decade ago a decade ago 100%. was pretty bad 100 slow i think it was boring just the the pitch clock just the implementation of the pitch clock so far has i think grown the game exactly how they wanted to right yeah and now it's uh it was on damage control for a while and now i i think they're finally on a on a trajectory trajectory where they could start trying new things. Obviously they have with the pitch clock and the new rules. Uh, and maybe a new thing could be a new advertising campaign, a new way to, to view baseball, start pushing these special events. Like how like the, the, the NFL pushes the London series, how the NHL pushes the winter classic. It would be nice to have some games in, uh, 
unique locations. That'd be fun. Agreed. All right, Chris. So looking around the league, some really exciting news today for Phillies fans and honestly just fans of baseball. We are going to see Bryce Harper back in the Phillies lineup tomorrow. On Tuesday, When this podcast comes out tomorrow, Bryce Harper will be on the lineup card for the Philadelphia Phillies. This is so exciting. A guy who had Tommy John surgery 160 days ago making his comeback into the league. He's probably going to DH a lot for at least the first month, but then I hope they move him into first, and I hope this Phillies team can get rolling because they're at to like a, a 500 start to start the year. The pitching isn't that great. The lineup isn't isn't getting out to the start it really needed to after coming off that World Series appearance. So I think this is huge for the Phillies. And Bryce Harper can hopefully really start to get them going. Yeah, I, I'm I'm not necessarily shocked with the way the Phillies have have started off the season. Maybe maybe the most shocking part about this is the start Nola's had, a two two with a four four six ERA. Obviously, Nola in a contract year, everyone thought you know this would be his year to go out there and finally grab a Cy Young. It doesn't appear that it's off the way that it, people have, might have hoped that it would have. But let's let's not forget that the Phillies essentially beyond – they lost a little depth in the bullpen with Robertson. They they probably gained some pitching depth with Taiwan Walker, although he hasn't been that sharp this year. Trey Turner coming aboard is obviously a huge addition, but Reese Hoskins going down that kind of – kind of evens it out and offsets that. So with Harper coming back, this is huge. This is essentially their 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 big piece coming back to the lineup. And let's not forget that the the Phillies were what, like an eighty eight win team last year? I don't think Yeah, they, something like that. Yeah, I don't think they won ninety games. I think it was eighty eight. Yeah, so for some reason that number stands out. So like for them Feels to not right. be playing insane baseball right now is kind of par for the course for how they wound up last year. And that's totally fine. Just get, you know, just get in the get in the dance at the end of the year and see what happens. Obviously, that magical run to the World Series cut short by the Astros, but I think I think honestly Philly Philly has the talent to win a World Series. I don't know if they have the talent to win 100 games. I know exactly what you mean, and I I think a lot of that has to do with the volatility on this team. Yeah, yeah. When you have guys like Schwarber and Castellanos, and and even guys in the rotation like Walker and Nola and Wheeler, Nola's been great. He's been great. He's not off to a great start this year, and I, I don't really know what's up with him because when you look at his numbers, like they're just not the same. It's not that he's just out to a rough start. Like he's just not pitching well his k per nine is down like crazy and he's just not striking guys out he's not missing bats and that's why he has a four era wheeler's not out to the start they wanted him to be out to and walker is whatever so i think when you have a lineup so volatile you really rely on your pitching to be very solid and that's not what the phillies have this year the lineup Getting Harper back in this lineup is just so big. And because Turner really hasn't got out to the hot start they were hoping for. After coming off the, the hottest WBC of anyone, you really thought that he was going to 
hit the ground running, and he just hasn't done that. The Phillies need Harper in this lineup. They need a guy to lead them. They they really do, and he's going to take over the DH role. I really, really hope he can start getting in, into that. <clears throat> oh my god, I'm sorry. Start getting into the field and play first base because that can open so many more doors for them with having Schwarber or Castellanos take days off. So I think it's really important that they take it easy with Harper. You obviously don't want to go crazy and just start throwing him at first right away, but I'm really excited for the comeback and and I really think the Phillies need it and they need it now. Yeah, I agree. This is a massive boost for them and Harper is 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 not long off of a Tommy John surgery. I think we're talking seven months here. What's 160 divided by three? Seven and a half months. Yeah, like six months. So, yeah, that's that's pretty wild, honestly. That he's already back in in the full baseball activity. I think his role is going to be limited to DH. I don't know how – have they said if he's going to play first? They haven't said yet, no. But I, I expect him to eventually move there. But I, I think at least for the first month he'll be, he'll yeah. be DH. So, I mean, that's huge. Let's uh, – obviously, I, I'm not expecting Harper to, to come out of the gates and start hitting, you know, home run after home run. But I'm I'm curious to see – what what he's able to do in a strictly DH role, I think he could actually benefit from that. I think he absolutely will. If you if you look at him last year, even last year, he a lot of his play when he came back from that other injury was at DH. He played a lot of DH. And I think we've talked about a lot about Harper while he's been injured. And a lot of the talk has been Will he really ever play the outfield again? And I don't think so. I think it's going to be, he's going to DH for pretty much the rest of his career. If they don't move him to first, then he will DH for the rest of his career. And that's just what it's going to be. But I think the bat is so special that you really don't care. Yeah. No, if the bat is there, it's an MVP caliber bat. It's as simple as that. So, yeah, exactly. There are very few people in this league who you can say, Will, would win an MVP while not playing the field. Bryce Harper's absolutely one of those people. Yeah, totally agree. So I'm, 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 I'm kind of having a mental breakdown while we're watching this. So uh, why are the Mets blowing it? Well, no, I just don't like. I've always said like I'm starting. I'm starting to be kind of out on Buck Showalter, and I just don't understand why he has David Robertson in for a second inning of work. He, he I mean. He just got out. Um, he just got he just got the the second batter of the inning out, but he let up a leadoff double. So, yeah, I, I, I just don't understand why Buck sometimes feels to he it's it's I don't he tries to overmanage and either under pitch or over pitch a lot of these guys. Yeah, you've been questioning Buck Showalter a lot, and I was watching the game before. He had Tyler McGill, bases loaded, two outs, I, with a two-run lead in the sixth two, inning. Two, two, run, two, two batters too late, he pulled him. And then, he, yeah, he kept him in with bases loaded, yep. a two, oh, he, they're up to nothing. It's not like you're up six nothing and it's like whatever if you give up three runs. You were up to nothing. 
You did not have a huge lead. Bring in fucking who was who was up? It was Drew Smith. Yeah. Bring Drew Smith in to face Eddie fucking Rosario, who sucks. Who sucks? Tyler McGill threw a fucking fastball right down the middle because he got down to nothing because he just walked uh, Murphy because he had to pitch around Murphy because he's had a crazy day. I agree with you with the Buck Showalter shit. Like I was watching that and I was like, "What the fuck is he doing?" Like that's that's a way too late. Like thankfully, right now it's for even for me, it would, like Robinson right now has four Ks over an inning and two thirds of work. Like so, it, it would be kind of hard to to go to the pen at this rate, but. It's like, damn! It's you're really letting these guys go out there and throw a lot of pitches, and I think Robertson's going to get out of it, bearing it. Yep. So Robertson gets the save. So, like, I, I don't know. It's just uh, Buck Showalter is an interesting guy. I, I've said this before. He always says I manage for 162 games. Like uh, that's fine. Like it's whatever. I. Manage for whatever you want to manage for, but it just, to me, it looks like sometimes he doesn't want to win games. Like like I said, he punts games away to win some other ones. I think it's, I think a lot of managers do that. I, I, I just think it's part of the game and it's, we talked about this last episode. I, I, I really think if, if managers come out and come out and say that they, try to win every single like obviously they try to win every single game i'm not saying that they don't but if they're saying that they put out their 100 percent best effort best lineup best everything every single day they're they're lying to you yeah they are definitely lying to you and a lot of factors go into that obviously like rest and matchups and analytics now but uh they would be lying if they said you know putting eduardo escobar in the lineup is a good idea so All right, so also going on around the league, a former Met is still having some issues. Jacob deGrom gets pulled from another start, and I, Chris, what the fuck is going so on? I've is, said, is this guy ever going to stay I, I healthy? I said this in spring training. I said this in spring training. Like, here we go again, everybody. Like, don't, don't be surprised when deGrom goes on the shelf, and here, and here it finally happens. DeGrom, forearm issues. I haven't checked recently if there's any specific update on the injury. Zach, do you know of anything off the top of your head? I don't think so. Last last I saw still was just forearm issues. Yeah, so it it, it they, they did place him on the 15-day injured list on retroactive to Saturday the 29th of April. So it... it from what I'm seeing here, no structural damage. So may may not even need a rehab start. So you're looking at a mid-May return for Degrom. It's just interesting. It's I, I don't I don't really know what it is because this has been the story for four seasons now. He he's a, the best without a doubt the best pitcher in the game when he's healthy and he's pitching. But he always has these little, little nagging injuries, and they always are present. They never go away. It's it's the issue. It, 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 he seems to always be dealing with something, and it just lingers throughout the entire season. And at this rate, if you're 
the Rangers. Are you questioning all that money you shelled out to him? I don't know. I don't know if you're questioning it yet. I, I, I think eventually they very well could question this contract and look at it and say, wow, we shouldn't have done that. But I think right now you kind of just have to let him work through it, I guess. It's hard to... It, it, it feels weird to say let Jacob DeGrom work through this injury again after what seven, eight years of this already. But I feel like this is a guy who's been injured so much that he knows when he's not right. So I guess it's better that they're a little cautious. But I don't know if you're questioning this deal, but I think very soon you could. If this is not just some little thing and – Sorry, Red Sox. Uh, if this is not some little thing and this is like something that's going to continue on and on, then I think this is something that the Rangers look at and they're like, fuck, because they pay him a lot of money and they don't really want to be paying him all that money to just sit there, especially when they're out to such a fucking hot start. They're atop of the AL West. They're playing great baseball. They Even with the DeGrom injury, they still smack the Yankees around. Yeah. So like – it's hard to say because they're playing so well, but if he's injured and they start struggling, that's an easy finger point right to Degrom and say it's because you're not on the fucking field. Yeah. So do you do you bring up a good point? How I'll, like either Degrom or the team is cautious about the injuries. Do you think at this rate Degrom is almost being a little overly cautious? Because for on an outsider's perspective, I've seen this happen multiple times now. They, and the best example I can think of is summer of 2019 when he was going on that tear where everyone was like, he's going to win MVP. It, it, it was a foregone conclusion that he was the best baseball player in the league that year in 2019. He went out. I'm drawing a blank on what team. I was there. I was literally there. I'm drawing a blank on on, on what team it was. Uh, he comes out three, three or four innings, you know, no runs, no hits. I th- I personally thought that he was going to throw a no hitter that day. I mean, I've never seen him more electric. I think he had nine Ks in his first uh, four innings of work. It was something ridiculous. He even added a base hit that day and an RBI. Like it was, it was getting ridiculous at that rate. What he was doing, both on the mound and he was hitting at that point too, which is ridiculous. And then he all, all of a sudden doesn't come out to the mound, and we were all confused and everyone well, what's happening and he was pulled and we didn't see him again till the 2020 shortened COVID season so what's interesting to me now and I've seen this so many times where DeGrom is doing DeGrom things and then all of a sudden it shuts down like a flip of the switch and he's hurt and he's coming out and the trainers are on the field I'm almost curious now if DeGrom is almost too too timid himself on his own injuries. If he just shuts the door immediately when something tightens up or when he feels, you know, you know, an alarm goes off in his head and says, Oh, okay. Something isn't right here. I better get off the bump. It doesn't seem like he has any intention to work through anything. It's the second something happens. We're shutting it down. Yeah. I I think that's a possibility, but, I think when you have a guy with so much experience as DeGrom, you kind of trust him. And even if he is being too timid, you kind of deal with it. 
I think you'd rather that than him overreact himself and then he's out for the entire year. But there could be something to what you're saying is that he is being too timid and he's a little scared of getting injured again because he's been through so much in his career already. And I don't really think you can blame him for that because he has been so through so much. It's crazy how many injuries this guy's been through and come back and still been the best pitcher in baseball and then gets hurt and he comes back. Like it, It's just a never-ending cycle with this guy. So I don't know. I, I think this just leaves the Rangers in a weird spot because they are playing so well and they need DeGrom to be in that rotation, at the top of that rotation, playing his best baseball if they want to do anything this year, especially in that tough AL, AL West. Yeah, totally agree. This is a, an, a Rangers team who did not play well last year. Uh, obviously, after shelling out the contract for Seager and Semyon, this this is a team that came up short on a lot of fronts, and they finally look like they are putting the pieces together this year. the The centerpiece of all of this, Degrom, is the biggest question mark. But like you said, they're still in the top of the AL uh, West, so things are things are trending in the right direction for the Rangers, as of, at least as of uh, May two. I like how you say two. That was cool. That was pro, right? Yeah, that was pro. Thanks, man. I feel like that's like some shit like Jeff Passan would say. Like he would say like May 2. Right? Deadline. Yeah, yeah, the deadline so, is was, May 2. Yeah, that was so official. Thanks. All right. I had a, like one, one-ish, one-ish more things on the docket. I had a question for you. Okay. Why does it feel like there's been so many injuries this year? Uh, I mean, can I say it bluntly? Yeah. Baseball players are pussies. I think that's a possibility. But I mean, let's if have we're going to have a legit conversation it. about this, I'll say this. I, in my opinion, like baseball players are the least athletes out of the four major sports, and it doesn't even come close. I think it depends how you define athlete in sh- like taking care of their bodies. Uh, I would agree. Yeah, I would agree. Like I think, but b- baseball players can probably like lift the most, not run the fastest. Yeah, and I not th- jump the highest. But I still think like there's always that argument that. I think it's the best argument, and I still think it's a fact that if you put a baseball player in any other sport, they'll succeed. But if you put anybody else in a yeah. base in in baseball, they'll be terrible. Yeah, and I think a, a a big thing that's added to all these injuries is if you if you really look at the game and how it's trending, everyone wants to throw harder, everyone wants to hit the ball further. It's just the natural thing that just seems like instinct. Like, oh, of course I want to hit farther home runs, or of course I want to throw a harder fastball a lot of people don't really realize that there's obvious consequences to that. A lot of it is this, this huge weighted ball movement where pitchers are throwing more weighted balls now that they ever have in their life. I, I'm not a doctor, but that seems like it's probably could have something to do with players getting it, pitchers getting injured. Uh, also not a doctor, but, it, it's and and Zach, we've known that the number. This is why baseball banned the shift. Home runs were obviously up. Home runs were not the issue. It was base hits were the issues. And if you look at it back in the day, and I say back in the day, but let, let let's let's even go back to like the 
the, the let's go back to like the 80s and the 90s where batting averages were significantly higher and today if you go one for four with a home run that's a good day i 30 yeah. 40 years ago i wouldn't think that people would say that that's a good day yeah i, I would agree with you I, yeah i get what you're saying so I, I think, think it's I think the mindset of the game has changed a little bit where th- there's just different priorities on the game. I think like I mentioned like I I think guys value getting bigger, getting stronger and trying to hit the shit out of the ball as as opposed to being a little bit more cut and being flexible and and you know your body can take a lot more movement. But you look at guys like Judge, it's like you like how how could this guy go on the the injured list with a hip injury? Yeah, I, I I get what you're saying. I I don't know. I think that certain guys like to change their bodies certain ways to do certain things, and it's different for literally everyone. Uh, I mean, I know, obviously I know the most about the Red Sox, so I'm gonna compare it to that. Take Alex Verdugo. So Alex Verdugo, two years ago, three years ago, when he first came to the Red Sox, he was all about bulk. He wanted to get bigger and stronger because he wanted to hit the ball farther. He wanted to work on his power because he was not hitting home runs. So he put on weight, he got in the weight room, and he was trying to hit the ball harder and farther. It was not working, Mm -hmm. and he was not doing good at all. This year... The Red Sox needed him to work on his body and get way more athletic. They needed him to get more athletic in the field, in the batter's box, and on the base paths. And they needed someone who to, to lead off for this team, get on base, steal bags, be a menace on the base paths, and just do it all around. And that's what he did. He lost a bunch of weight. He got quicker. He worked on his defense. So I think it really depends on what your team needs, what you can do, based off of what you can change. I think it's there's only certain amount of things that you can change about your body to change your game. So it's small things like gaining a little more weight, putting a little more work in in the weight room, something like that helps certain guys, but it can also hurt certain guys. It really all depends on the player. But injury-wise, I don't I just don't know what's going on with these injuries because I feel like we talk about MLB players like yeah obviously they might be the least athletic of the four major sports but they're still fucking professional athletes they still keep their bodies in great shape unless you're Alec Manoa and you weigh 500 pounds I knew that shot so, was coming <laughs> I mean uh, but like they still like they still have to keep you know, eating regimens, a lot of these guys, they still have to work out. They still have to run. They still have to keep shape. They're still great athletes. I don't really know what the injury bug is this year. It could just be a coincidence. It could just be the, the injury bugs just going around the, around the league this year and people are just getting injured. But I've seen a lot of Twitter talk about, you know, maybe it's the pitch clock because these guys are getting less rest in between pitches, stuff like that no shift so they have to make more athletic plays and dives and stuff like that. I just kind of wanted to get your opinion on it. Like, do you think it's, it's pitch clock stuff? Do you think it's coincidental? Like we see just a lot of guys hitting the IL early this year. I think it's the speed at which the game is being played. Um, and I think, I think it's, I think it's just 
I, don't, I, I think it's exacerbating a lot of these injuries. Like I think it's bringing a lot more front and center. I, I, and I don't, I, I don't think there's a good that. I, I don't necessarily think I have anything to back that up. I think I just have a necessarily just feel of just watching the game and seeing how how much faster. Like this is we've been watching baseball our whole lives. Like this is the game itself is so fast. Like you, you could barely turn your head and, and you know, you'll, you'll miss two to three pitches. So I think at the speed at which is being played right now, I think guys are just starting to tweak things at a higher rate. And it's, I don't think it's anything more than just getting used to the game. Guys like judge and all these guys would take their time during at bats. And now they have to get back into the box and keep hitting. No, I I agree with you. I think I think I think kind of think it's a little bit of both, really. I th- I think it could be a little coincidental, but I do think that these guys have a little more strain on their body because they have to keep going and going and going, and that could that's a fucking ball, buddy. That's a <laughs> I ball. Just saw that that, was that is a ball. But I I think I just think that it's really hard when they have to keep going and when they have to keep making more athletic plays this year, I think it's hard to compare it to past years because the game is just different. So you're going to see more injuries probably like we've been saying, the game is different. Now you're going to see maybe more injuries. You're going to see maybe some worse pitching, more hitting stuff like that. So I think it's just a different game. It's hard to really compare this year to last year based off injuries. But I, I, I'm curious to see if it's a trend that we see for the entire season, if injuries keep piling up and we see, because we really haven't seen like, cra- it's not like we've seen crazy long-term stuff. It's like you said, it's short little tweaks, 15, 10 day IL stints. It's stuff like that. But even those small things, when it comes down to August, September baseball, those small stints on the IL can kill you. Yeah. hundred percent, hundred, hundred percent. So, and, and you're seeing that right now with, with how, the 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 Yankees misjudge. You're seeing that. You're seeing that all across the league with with guys who are on these short term IL stints, who the teams clearly need their star bat back in the lineup. A hundred percent. So the last thing I wanted to do is since we're a month into a month into the season, take a look at the standings, see what we're looking at. See where everybody's landing after a month of play. We are pretty much 30 games into the season. I'm trying to think math. That is, I don't know. That's way too much math. What percent is that, Jake? 18%. 18%, sure. We're 18% into the season. That's a great percent to, to look at the standings. So just looking around the league, Obviously, there's some things that stand out. The Rays are way too good. I'm tired of talking about them. Fuck the Rays. I hate them so much. I I just I I don't want to talk about it. But the okay. best the best record in the National League, those Pittsburgh fucking Pirates. Yeah. Those Pittsburgh Pirates. I'm obsessed with them. I love the Pittsburgh Pirates. I want them to be so good. I, I hope they can figure it out like figure out how to be this good for 162. I know it's not going to happen. They'll probably be I'll say fourth, maybe third. Hey, they're almost a third of the way to 90 wins. That's true. 
That's true. Like I, I don't know. I, I think I think the NL Central is going to be way more of an interesting race than we thought it was going to be because the Cardinals are obviously out to a terrible start, ten and nineteen on the year. Like going down, go, going ten games back. At the, even at the beginning of the season, is still a huge fucking hole to get out of. Like that, ten games, a lot of games. It's like I've been thinking about the same thing in the AL East. I don't want to jump around too much, but like if you look at the AL East, the Red Sox are and the Yankees in last place are eight games back of the Rays. That's still so many games. Like because the Rays are out to such a great start. Even the AL East teams who are middle of the pack and, and like still great teams in the AL yeah, and they would be leading any other division. Falling so behind. Exactly. Are they're the Rays, the Orioles, and the Blue Jays would lead every other division in the AL. So it's a it's it's an unfortunate way to look at it where and Zach, I'll pose a different question because I I don't know if we talked about this, you know, some other time or if I talked about this to somebody else. Really quick, like 30-second detour. I think it's a foregone conclusion that Manfred wants to eliminate the divisions at some point. I think he sees that as a vision to to make the game more appealing to more people. Let's let's just say for the sake of argument, he adds it like it's very similar to the, the NBA East and West, how the top, what is it, eight teams make the playoffs in each conference. And yeah. I think... In, and there's been a lot of people around the league who say this year the reason why every team is playing each other this year is to kind of give a dry run at what a conference schedule would look like. Do you think that – like, do, do you think just because so many teams can be so good in one division, do you think – like you almost need conference to level the playing field because you would hate to be, you would really, really hate to be the, the Yankees in let's say fourth place in this division with 93 wins. No, I, I agree with you. I, I'm with you. And like what? Think- and, 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 and this, and also this also is what pisses me off is the fact that as a, the Mets last year, we won 101, 102 games and we're in the wild card game. I think it's, I think that's more, that's way more of an argument is the teams that are really, really fucking good at the top of it. And they have to be in a wild card game. And that's a one game. You lose, you go the fuck home, and you're barely in the playoffs. You didn't make the playoffs. You made the fucking wild card. So I think splitting it to two conferences could be something that the that Major League Baseball and Rob Manfred do look into, and I think they really should because when you have a division like the American League East or the National League East, the AL West is getting a lot better the NL Central is really good. The NL West is is going to – the top three in there, those those guys are going to be really good for a while. So when you have so many good teams in the same division and then you have the AL Central where the winner is probably going to have 85 wins and the NL Central where the winner is probably going to have 85 wins and then you have the other leagues where you have the top three teams with 100 wins, how can you say that the league is balanced? Because it's just not. Right. And, when and, you have 100-win team, I'm sorry, but – when you no, have hundred win teams in in wild card games, it's just not it because 
you have teams like the St. Louis Cardinals and you have teams like the Cleveland Guardians last year who both won what 80ish game 85 to 90 games yeah, and they're like getting it and, and, and then and they're skipping out on the they're going right to the They're skipping a wild card and and you have a team like like you said like the Mets who won 101 games and had to play the Padres in the wild card. That is just it, it which, just which under the current rules I agree under the current playoff system we have I think I know we're I know we're straying. We'll get back to the divisions in the second and and look at the 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 month and we'll give our takes on that. But under the current way the playoff format is, if you win your division, you should one hundred percent get a buy. You should go right to the division, and I you should not have to go to the. I completely agree with that. But like you said, you cannot call it a balanced play playoff format. If you're having the best teams play in the shortest series, I think it's just yeah. I, I agree with you. I think I think splitting it to conferences is something they should really look into. You can still have it's no one like gives the a NBA fuck is, about their division. Like the NBA is is still crowns. technically split up into divisions. Like there's the Metro Atlantic and it, like that's what the Knicks are in and stuff. I know that. Like. They're still split up into divisions. It's just that's not how playoffs work. Yeah. And it just makes it so much fucking – like it makes it so much more balanced and then we could have it – It also, it also where, makes it more fun. It it does. It would – I think it would – I don't know. Like I don't know if it would make the playoffs more fun because I love the wild card game and I think the wild card game is so fucking fun. But but it would be the – but you would get the correct I think wild it, card game. Yeah, and I I just think if if they split up into conferences, you'd probably have, but you would have what one play eight still, or you would you give buys? I think you have to give a first round buy to the best team. To the best team in in each conference, mm-hmm. but you you can't do that because then you're, you have an odd number of teams. Yeah, fair. So yeah, one has to play eight. So yeah, exactly. So if you do if you do that, then you I mean you might get a lot more upsets which would be really interesting which i think you they might have probably a look lot into of because it would be more fun to see a uh a team like uh like like last season when philly made the run like you don't see that every year an 88 team an 88 win team making it to the world series is something that baseball could probably use more of I think it definitely draws a lot more people into the sport. It's it's the same reason I think people love March Madness. It's like they love the madness of it. They love seeing upsets and 16 seeds winning and stuff like that. I think if you bring a little bit of that into baseball, we might see more people get really into the base, the MLB playoffs, which is already incredible as it is. It's a great time. It's one of my favorite playoffs, if not my favorite. So I think something like that could be something that, the MLB really looks into and really thinks about changing because I think it would change the game in a good way. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally agreed. So if we're just, I just want to go through the divisions just quickly, oh. just looking, looking. Well, that'll happen when Corey Kluber's on the mound. Yeah. For those who are curious, Boba just did a homer, three run homer off of Corey a, Kluber to make the score three two Toronto. That was a the tank. Red Sox. One oh five. Zach and I will be there. Was in, nice. uh, two weeks. Twelve days. Twelve days. Huh? Woohoo! We should probably buy tickets for that. We should probably buy tickets for that. 
Um, yeah, but just l- looking around the league, you know, the AL East is incredible. It, it, it's it's insane to see Boston and New York at the bottom of the of the AL East. I don't know when's the last time we saw that, but it feels good not to be in sole possession of last. We are tied with the Yankees for last, so hopefully we win, Yankees lose today, and boom. Yankees have our last, and I feel really good about myself for one day. Yeah, agreed. I think the uh, the AL East is going to be a dogfight all year round, all teams above 500. I think this is a, tr- a very real possibility that all teams could finish at or around 500. So it'll be interesting to see what happens with the East. Central is uh, is a toss-up. I think the Sox are going to fall – the White the White Sox, that is, are going to fall harder than expected this year. They have absolutely nothing going on there on the south side of Chicago. Uh, and, I, and I still like my pick as Cleveland is the winner of this division. I still th- I just think they're overall a stronger team, but I wouldn't be surprised if Minnesota runs away with it too. So it's I think it's going to be a two-horse race in the Central. West, I am still standing strong with my Astros pick here. I think the Astros are... I think this is another another division that's going to come down to a lot of important September baseball games. I wouldn't be surprised if they have some late season schedules with the Rangers and the Astros plan. So that that'll be fun to watch as always. And then going over to the NL, Zach, before I let you give your two cents, uh, the East. Uh, at this rate, I think it's Atlanta's division to lose. I think we're probably looking more of a wild card team as of now, but who knows? A trade could change that. Uh, the central, I think, right now, I mean, you you would be remiss to say that the the Pirates aren't the the team to beat in the central because, you know, the Brewers the Brewers are playing good baseball as well, but you know they kind of have the same kind of roster makeup as Pittsburgh does, but beyond Corbin Burns and Yelich, so that's that, that's interesting to look at as well. And then the West, the Diamondbacks, Diamondbacks are playing hot, but I think it's it's still the the Dodgers division the. Padres are a team everyone always talks about, but I think it's I think it's still a Padres and Dodgers division two horse race for the rest of the year there. I don't think I could have said it any better. You look at you just ran through the whole freaking league. That was nice. Thank you. Dude, I mean, I don't even know what to say. I just to I mean Couple things that stand out to me: Washington. Probably, I mean, they're ten and seventeen, but that's a lot better than I thought they would be by now. I'm, I'm not going to lie to you. I was thinking at this point they would be more like Oakland, like six and twenty-three. But go Washington. Yeah. Um. I think the AL West is going to be a little more interesting than we thought. I think Houston, I still think it's Houston's division, but Houston's just really not out to the start that I thought they were going to be out to. And the addition of Jose Abreu is not working out as they really wanted to. He's pretty much giving you the same things Yuli Gurriel gave you, if not worse. He's He just can't hit the ball right now. And I don't really, I don't think he's hit a home run yet, which is terrible. I think he has like 10 RBIs. He's batting like 200, if that. So the Astros really just lost Justin Verlander. They didn't gain anything because Jose Abreu is giving them nothing. I think, you know, Tucker's out to a pretty good start. Bregman can't hit the ball. I think this team's really going to really missing Jose Altuve. But I still think it's their division. Once Altuve, Altuve comes back, they'll figure it out. This is the World Series champions of last year. This is the best team probably in the last five to 10 years. They're going to figure it out, but 
that I think that's a division to watch out for. And then the NL Central, I think the NL Central is really going to be one of the better races when we come down to it because of how well Pittsburgh is playing and they really don't look like they're going to slow down. Do I think it's sustainable for the whole year? Probably not, but I like to imagine. I mean, the team's 20 and 9. That's that's nothing to look at and and just look away. Like the team is 20 and 9, but the Brewers are out to a phenomenal start and with the Cardinals playing as bad as they are, if they do not make a pitching move, the Brewers are going to win this division, mark my words, because the Cardinals still cannot pitch. And like I said last episode, and I will probably say every episode until they start winning, their lineup is not carrying them the way they need to. So they're probably going to struggle for the entire season. I really, I'm so out on the Cardinals right now. The NL Central, in my mind, is up for grabs. I think even Chicago could come and win this division. Who fucking knows? And then last thing, the NL West. I hope the Diamondbacks hang in there, but I kind of agree with you. I think it's the LA Dodgers division. I I, I think the Padres obviously are an interesting conversation, but I just think the depth that the Dodgers have, and they're only going to get better with their farm system over the over the course of the season. I'm sure they'll make a move at the deadline, and then I really think they're just punting, almost punting the season away for Shohei Otani in this offseason. So I still think it's the Dodgers division, though, and I just hope that the Diamondbacks can maybe make it interesting because I think that's a really fun team. Yeah, couldn't have said it better myself. <laughs> Look at us. Look at us. Should we get into some picks? Let's do it. Powered by Riverside. The pick song is sometimes longer, and yep, yep. I feel that every all the music we play, I feel like every time we play it, at one time I feel like it's longer. Sometimes I feel like it's faster. I, I don't know. I, I think it's so weird. I agree. I don't know what's going on. It's crazy. I blame it on Daz. I was gonna say someone's gonna say something smart. That was smart. Thank you. All right, picks for Tuesday, May 2nd. Who would like to go first? I, I wouldn't mind going first, so I'll go first. Okay, yeah, you can take take the reins. So for my pick, I'm going to go to St. Louis. And since I just talked so much shit about them, I'm going to say fuck them, and I'm going to take the Angels. They got Patrick Sandoval on the mound going up against Steven Matz for the Cardinals, who's honestly, honestly been one of their better pitchers, even though he's supporting, I think, like a 4-2 ERA. I'm going to take the Angels in this one. Sandoval's been pitching pretty well, and I love the Angels. Obviously, Trout and Otani, how can this team not be the best team of all time? So it's it's all Angels in St. Louis. I like that pick. I am going to go... West Coast for this one. I'm, I, I I almost went back on the pick, but I'm, I'm going to stick with it because it's the safe bet. I am going Mariners minus 145 against the Oakland ass tomorrow night. It's a boring pick, but... Well, the Mariners aren't necessarily off to the best start. 
Okay, but picking anyone against the A's is an easy pick. And you know that. It's it's good val minus one forty five against the A's is a good value. This guy loves value. Give me yours, Jake. I'm gonna stick with some value too. Um the Maple Leafs are so much better than the Panthers. And the Panthers are gotta be coming off an insane high. They probably partied like crazy last night. Maple Leafs will beat the Panthers. Game one. I think that's that's very good take. Thank you. Very good take, Jake. So roulette. Coming off a win. Coming off a win. So if you haven't really been following the roulette, we have been saying that once we win, we're going to switch the format to we're all picking our own number. So maybe we'll hit it more often than we did. And we are going to get into this roulette. Does everyone have a number? that they're thinking of yes yes okay let's hear him hurry up 10 seconds 30 six zach what's yours uh mine is oh my god i didn't do it fast enough did you only get two of them in i only got two oh wait no no uh, never mind i got it i got it i got it i had nine so three, 36 and nine. Spinning. Six and nine. 19. Oh. 19. All right. Well. You know what's going to suck? If we switch to this strategy thinking that we were going to get it way more and we never get it. Probably will happen. Statistically. It's going to it's gonna be really embarrassing. We're not going to go. We're not going to have the statistics conversation again. That's just, just it's not going to happen. I think that was the worst fight we've ever had. That was pretty dumb. Well, it was you. Fuck you. Statistically. Statistically speaking, shove it up your ass. All right, I'll try my best. So that's going to do it for today's episode. Thanks, everybody, for listening, and we will see you on Friday for another phenomenal episode. We will make our uh, Sunday night baseball picks on Friday fucking friday i don't know why i said fucking before the friday i think it's because i forgot what day it was fucking on friday, friday man it's fucking friday bro um so thanks everybody for listening and we love you so much you are all the best you're the best and fuck Dawes, fuck the mets go red Sox. see everybody on friday let's go rangers fuck the devils <laughs>